This is The Coolest Show brought to you by Hip Hop Caucuses. Think 100%. It's the coolest show you know. Keep the culture connected. It's the coolest show you know. In your ear, yeah, respect the expert level information, entertainment, education. Rev here, we got you covered as you hit your destination. Climate rules everything around me. Cream. For those who lost focus, close your eyes and just dream. Open your third eye, now the world is your off. Coolest, coolest show you know. It's the Hip Hop Caucus. I'm so excited. This conversation we're having now is one where we get to really connect the dots between the continent and Turtle Island. Um, I wanted to start off by giving a shout out to someone who I love very dearly, Dabo Smith, um, because this is in honor of him. And with that, we are at the ninth annual HBCU Climate Change Conference here in New Orleans. And I have the distinct pleasure of having this conversation with uh, Dr. Mwanda. How are you doing? Very fine. And thank you for uh, inviting me here. Oh, thank you for coming. The first question we ask everybody is, who is, I mean, really, who is Dr. Mwanda? Thank you. Mwanda. Uh, is a son of the soil. Mm. Uh, from the foots of Mount Kenya, in the Republic of Kenya, from the African continent, um, son uh, of um, uh, a single mother, from a polygamous uh, family, brought up through the uh, pure African culture, the blend of African culture and modernism. And that's how I grew. Mm. Uh, I am the executive director of the Pan-African Climate Justice Alliance. It's uh, the top uh, de facto civil society platform bringing together diverse organizations from across Africa, precisely 51 African countries, and our work is to elevate the discourse on climate change and internalizing, ensuring that people understand, communities understand what is happening, the changing world, as a, a result of the existential threat of climate change. Mm, mm. So let's get into Pan-Africanism. Um, as you know, that has had a, it's a rich history yes. here and obviously means a lot for um, our sisters and brothers on the continent. So let's dig into that. So um, Pan-Africanism can be difficult to define due to the many shapes and forms it's taken throughout political and cultural movements. What does Pan-Africanism mean to you? And how does it inform the work of the Pan-African Climate Justice Alliance, also known as? Pan-African, uh, in my very simple definition, is thinking like an African, uh, espousing the values of Africa, the African socialism, and uh, living an African spirit. Mm. Uh, dismantling the artificial boundaries which were erected 
by colonialists that divided us, people of the same origin, people of the same culture, people of the same upbringing were divided by artificial boundaries. So for us, a Pan-Africanist or Pan-Africanist means really coming together, espousing the values of Ubuntu. Mm. Mm. Ubuntu, that, that is in uh, 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 South African uh, 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 terminology, meaning you are because I am. Mm. So it's really coming together to really espouse the values of Africanism. Wow. So with that, I want to go to the story of Africa and Africa now. And um, before I get to that, did you, did you see the documentary Bobby Wine? Are you familiar with Bobby Wine, run for president in Uganda? Yes, uh, Bobby, Bobby Wine uh, is a very inspiring young, young man uh, trying to change things trying to, uh, to change the narrative, uh, trying to, uh, to give hope to young people of Uganda who have been oppressed over years. Um, and I, I think uh, he's um, one of the shining stars mm. of the people, not only of Uganda, but of Africa. Really, we can shape our own destiny. Wow. And with that, you know, Africa has the youngest population in the world. Right, with 70% of sub-Saharan Africa under the age of 30. Yes. Uh, by 2030, it's expected that 42% of the world's 15 to 35-year-olds will live in Africa. Yes. So the Pan-African um, community and, in essence, um, the Pan-African um, Climate Justice Alliance Network um, is leading on this, right, and organizing young people throughout Africa. But the question that folks want to know, how does it inform your work of the Pan-African Climate Alliance to deal with and to contribute to dealing with the idea that most of the population of Africa and the global black African community is under the age of 40? Um, yeah, um, the, 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 the demo, demographic, demographic dividend exactly. in Africa is quite an opportunity and a challenge. Um, uh, it is a challenge, first and foremost, because of uh, diminishing resources, because of um, the, 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 uh, the, the rising unemployment which uh, places these young people at an, an disadvantage. And uh, out of that, they engage into, uh, like, uh, in conflict. Uh, they, 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 they trigger migration. And all the bad things, um, uh, uh, drug, drug abuse, and so forth. And this is the danger, very dangerous for the continent. Mm. Uh, but it is also an opportunity. If tapped well, then this presents a good opportunity for Africa's growth. The, the, the growing population can be tapped, particularly the young population can be tapped into, uh, into, into opportunity and really uh, their the construction and uh, ensuring that um, we use it uh, to grow 
the, 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 the continent. And this is where we are now. Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, as an organization, what we are doing, taking advantage that in the transition to low carbon, climate resilient future, in the new decarbonizing world, we find this, uh, the, the young generation, as of because they are the most innovative, the, the innovations you are finding, either look at M-Pesa, the mobile money transfer, was mm. invented by a young Kenyan. And that has the technology. In fact, even now it is spreading even to the U.S. here. That is the innovation of young people. Mm -hmm. the, the, the young people in Africa are very innovative. Mm -hmm. The only problem is that they are not given an opportunity. All the techs, the new technologies, uh, the techies and those others, is the, the, by the, the young people. But the problem is, are they getting that opportunity? How do we ensure that um, we tap that uh, into that opportunity so that uh, we can create, the young people can be more job creators rather than uh, the job seekers? How do we pr uh, provide that enabling environment? The, uh, whether it is government policy or whether it is uh, uh, technological um, uh, 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 policy and uh, environment. That is not existing in Africa. And that is where the young people are facing, you know, they're demoralized. They are feeling neglected. And that now becomes a time bomb. Look at all the hotspots who are being recruited to do the dirty, dirty things yep. in, in the conflict, in the migration, who are, who are, who are, who are drawing while trying to cross the, the, the Mediterranean, while looking for opportunities. These are young people. How do we turn the tide and turn that uh, challenge into opportunity? It is upon our government. But where governments have failed, organizations like ours, through the North-South collaboration, I think that we have an opportunity to give them a shining opportunity where they can uh, maximize their potential. Mm. Well said. Um, uh, let's talk about the governments, because I think people maybe who are listening may not understand that um, age dividend. And I know we mentioned Bobby Wan in Uganda, but we also mentioned um, um, there, was, there was Mugabe in Zimbabwe. There's, there's a list of aging, yes. aging leadership. Yes. In uh, aging leadership, in, uh, in, uh, in, um, uh, in uh, uh, Uganda, the president... Uh, is going to his 40 years in, uh, as a president. Yep. He became president uh, with a lot of uh, promise mm -hmm. in 1986. He has become a life president. Look at Cameroon, yep. Paul Beer, more than 40 years in power. He, uh, he has expired, outdated, an ancestor. You, you get me? And many others, the Mugabes of this world, mm -hmm. and they have destroyed the their countries. So how do we ensure that um, we have democratic um, uh, 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 tenets? We have democracy principles. We have the legal frameworks, policy framework, which stops an uh, 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 individual to serve for life. Right now, you, are, you had Kagame is going, uh, uh, Paul Kagame is going to contest again 
in um, in in in, in it, he, is, he is going to contest uh, uh, up to 20 that is something uh, uh, and he has served uh, i think 14 years or something like that so these are the challenges which yeah. we have in africa and um, and uh, and um, how do you overcome that uh, how then to overcome that um, it's uh, it's a sheer recognition by leaders mm -hmm. that um, you know nobody is invincible Mm. that um, we need to give others a chance. Uh, but but uh, we have to create consciousness among the people so that they can resist uh, some of these excesses. But the, because the fact that uh, some of them say, it is me who you need, are you not going to die one day? So when you leave, you, Mugabe died. And Zimbabwe, of mm. course, he left Zimbabwe uh, uh, worse than he found it. I think we need to look at examples to look, uh, to look at the simplicity of uh, people like Barack Obama and those others who have left leadership and they are living a normal life. So we need really to demystify leadership. We need really to simplify some of these things so that our people understand that it is not alpha and omega, that um, the country should rely on, on you uh, so that uh, it, uh, people are going to survive, that people can live no, not live without you. And they look at um, what I was watching, a video, the, 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 uh, uh, the, 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 the Dutch prime minister uh, um, just walking in the streets, cleaning the floor one thing before the, 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 he accidentally uh, uh, poured the, the tea on, uh, on, on the floor. But I look at our, our leaders, the security surrounding them, mm. when somebody is, is even living, you cannot imagine and this is a poor country. Why is that happening? It's because they have caused a lot of enmity, a lot of atrocities. They live in fear. So they live even in fear within themselves. They fear themselves. And look at what is happening with the coups. Everywhere is about the coups. Is this because of the failed leadership that they are not delivering? And how are we going to cure this? Mm. It is out of uh, really we need really to address the question of leadership. Do we have the leadership? Remember, a leader is a mirror of the population, which the people who elect him. So is it this leader who is the problem? Have we cultivated a demigod who feels that we have to worship them, that we have to do, we cannot do without them? I think we need to change the mentality of the people. And I think that is now the new generation. How are we going to do that? It's building consciousness. It's reformatting the mindsets of these young people, cultivating the leadership unto them. They see the value of leadership, that the leadership is not about me being dominant. It's not about me being the alpha and omega. Leadership it's about really listening to each other. It's about that participatory leadership which brings change, transformation, and improves the lives of the people. Mm. I know here at the HBCU Climate Change Conference, they have been a supporter of the Nairobi Summer School for Climate Justice. What is the utility of the transnational organizing for climate and environmental justice across the global black and the, and, and the world? 
One of the uh, um, uh, uh, facts which we, we have to, uh, to uh, acknowledge is that um, the world is changing. Mm. We are transitioning to low carbon, climate resilient, inclusive, fair and ecologically, uh, 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 ecologically just uh, development paradigms. And this transition is inevitable. Mm. But some people don't acknowledge that. Climate change, of course, is a challenge, but it can be an opportunity. And we need unprecedented uh, collaborations between individuals, between countries, between continents, mm. and between sectors. And we need to work together to defeat this existential threat. So that is why it is very important that we have, we cultivate very strong, and in fact this has always been there, even during the, the connection between the United States and the North and South, when in Africa it used to be very difficult during the slavery, uh, the, the period of the slavery period, uh, during the, 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 the anti-apartheid, anti-colonial movement, it was really fueled and through the partnership between the, the, the United States and, and Africa and the Global South. We need to revisit that. Here is a challenge which is defeating all of us. How do we reinforce? How do we use the, 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 the lessons of the past? How we defeated all those uh, uh, global challenges? How are we going to come together? And that brings us to the initiatives of the Nairobi Summer School on Climate Justice and HBCU. How are we going to ensure that the young people, the young person in New Orleans, the young person in Mississippi, the young person in the Democratic Republic of Congo, the young person in the, in the, mm. in the Amazon, in the Congo Basin, work together and looking into this as a global village that we need to address this issue so that we can bequeath the future generation and habitable future. How are we going to work? And that is the basis of this partnership. Mm. Uh, for those who are not familiar, uh, what in your perception has been the impact of colonialism on the economies in Africa? The, the legacy of colonialism obtains as we speak now, and the, 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 the social constructs, the, 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 the legacy of capitalism, the uh, looting of African resources mm. still continues to haunt us till now. The relationship between countries, African countries, as we speak now, still follows that col colonial uh, legacy. That the Francophone Africa, the whole of West Africa, up to now as we speak now, do not have central banks. Mm. Their central banks, they, they can only bank have their money in Paris. And even when they have that money in Paris, they have to, to get to borrow their own money for their own development. 
So did we get uh, 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 independence, really? Are we independent? And that is why the, this consciousness mm. of really rooting France, because yeah. now the young people are jobless, they, we are, we, the people are suffering, yet they cannot uh, have control of their resources because of the colonial agreements which were signed in favor of, of France, where African, even with, if you want to do a, a mega project, first of all, you have to give priority to France. These are the legacies which we are talking about, mm. neocolonialism. We got only political uh, independence. We did not get really economic independence. Wow. Our economies are heavily being controlled, controlled by the West, and that is actually mm -hmm. the problem which we have. Our raw materials, everything, all them timber, coffee, tea, we cannot sell. We cannot determine our, our, the prices of our own commodities. They are determined in Paris, in, uh, in, in London, in Washington, D.C. Is that the independence we are talking about? I think we have a long way to go. Mm. We need really a global community which is equitable, which is uh, responsive to the realities of other people, the suffering people. We are enslaved. So the slavery which we used to have, right now where you used to have now slavery, people now being shipped mm. in the, in the, in the, uh, in the 1700 to the United States work in sugar, uh, sugar cane plantations. Right now, there is, uh, now the, 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 the uh, slavery is, uh, is, uh, is, uh, is voluntary. You find um, um, uh, uh, millions and millions, thousands of, uh, uh, of Africans because of uh, the, uh, the inhabitable uh, um, uh, um, uh, uh, climate change, uh, because of, uh, we, ca we, uh, we have destroyed nature that they have to look for opportunities. Where do they look for opportunities? Where their resources have gone? That, and when most of them are, are, are droning in the Mediterranean whilst uh, trying to cross uh, to Europe so that they can come to the United States. So this problem, if we do not, if the United States do not address this, this problem, if uh, the, 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 the West, if Europe do not address this problem, it is going to find them, the, 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 them at their doorstep. Because mm -hmm. these people, these young people are not, it's better they, dr they drone while crossing. But I can assure you, you are not going to be comfortable. The only thing is to address the question of global inequality, which is widening per capita income for the people. We need people to grow equ equ equitably. And that is the biggest challenges. And this has now being exacerbated by the changing climate, which is really has been caused again by the unsustainable moons of production and consumption. Mm -hmm. What fueled this? It is now really the race for industrialization. And then we pumped so much greenhouse gas into the atmosphere. And that is where now this has been brought up. And now when we talk about, let us address this problem, now the West is saying they want to transfer the burden of action again to the people who are suffering, the victims of their actions. Mm. I guess, for those who don't know, what is loss and damage? Uh, the loss and damage is, uh, is, is, is the damage, which, uh, the, 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 the irreversible damage, uh, which has been caused uh, by climate change. 
and the, the, the acceptance that uh, now that uh, this, this, uh, this damage has been caused by the climate atrocities, then we, we need a, a, a framework which is going to be able really to correct this. So these are the damages which have been caused by, for instance, um, the greenhouse, the, 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 the impacts of climate change, mm -hmm. uh, the tornadoes, uh, for instance, the, 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 the droughts uh, uh, due to the changing climate, the floods which occur every time, uh, and many others, many other impacts of climate change. In, in September, Nairobi hosted the first African Climate Summit. Part of the statement of the Pan-African Climate Justice Alliance released ahead of the summit reads, quote, we are deeply concerned that the summit agenda remains too inclined to, to, to promote market-based solutions and transnational corporations' involvement while neglecting the people's and the, pla and the planet's needs and rights, end quote. Can you speak to us about the relationship between leaders of African nations and the transnational corporations mentioned in this statement, and what happened at the African Climate Summit? Thank you very much. So, the, uh, yes, um, uh, that, that's, that, that's accurate. That's what uh, actually um, the one who delivered that statement. And um, for, for us, the, uh, the Africa, we expected the outcomes of the Africa Climate Summit to reflect the realities uh, uh, of the people at the front line of climate crisis. It needed to be responsive to the realities, aspirations, and desires of the people. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, that was not achieved. We made a big fight mm. uh, and, and to, to forestall transnational corporations, promoting carbon markets and other four solutions. Obviously, we registered some victories because we forestalled the worst it could have been, but we are not yet there. The, the transnational corporations, and particularly the fossil fuel uh, 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 companies mm -hmm. are vicious mm. in the fight. They even want to, bu to bury the uh, science. They want to twist science. And they are backers, even at the United States here, they are backers like uh, the, the top climate denier, Donald Trump, mm -hmm. and those others. The Senate is dominated by them, and no policy, no law can pass if it, is not, it doesn't pass through the Senate. The United States is the top uh, uh, um, uh, greenhouse gas emissions polluter. Mm -hmm. And in terms of per capita emissions, it is the top country, apart from the China now, which is catching up as the top current emitter. But now, the problem is the United States and the other industrialized countries are not interested to genuinely address climate change. Of course, you know climate change is an economic, political issue. Mm -hmm. And it has implications. The way it has implications on our economies, because we need resources, uh, our, our economies 
have been slowed by impacts of climate change. But we require massive resources from the United States, for instance, to be able really, and this is according to the, UN, uh, the, the international multilateral agreements like the UNFCCC, UNFCCC, United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change, which have uh, really at global level we have agreed the responsibility of the United States based on their, on, on their fair share of action. But uh, uh, they, they have been shifting the goalposts. Mm. They cannot provide that because they have been captured by multilateral, uh, uh, these uh, TNCs, transnational corporations. And they have got uh, very strong lobbyists in terms of who, 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 who lobby for them at the Capitol Hill every time. And so we have been taken uh, at ransom. And I'm not seeing very soon where the United States, among other countries, are going really to stand and say, we want to, save, uh, to, uh, to safeguard the, the health of the planet and survival for humanity mm. and the, the survival for future generations. These are very, very witty matters. These are very uh, uh, critical issues which we have. And if we want to be with the future generations of uh, an habitable future, really we have to live beyond uh, the, our, our rhetorics. And that is not what we are seeing in the United States. Let's get to the um, an East African crude oil pipeline. Can, can you tell us about the actual East African crude oil pipeline who, and who will it impact? And what does this mean for the future of fossil fuel projects in East Africa? That is uh, one of the projects which we are, uh, the civil society and the people have been resisting. Mm -hmm. But it's not the only one. Um, the, uh, and and, um, and, and uh, we, it is a 1,443 kilometer uh, 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 from, from Uganda, uh, um, uh, Uganda's um, uh, uh, um, uh, Albertin region up to, the, uh, to, to, to Tanga in Tanzania. It will cause uh, a lot of um, damage, to uh, ecological damage uh, to, to communities and displace many communities. Uh, but the question which I want to ask, uh, um, uh, 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 and you know who are, who are the, uh, and these are the questions which I was also raising d during the, 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 our, uh, the, the, mm -hmm. my talk, is um, uh, um, as a community, what choices do we have? And we said, we have been talking about with our leaders, directly and indirectly, ask Museven right now, these resources, the money you are talking, you are taking uh, to develop this pipeline. Suppose tomorrow the world rises, and because you are, the, the oil which is being developed by Museven is not for Ugandan consumption, it's for export. Mm. It's for export in Europe and export elsewhere in the industrialized countries. Suppose tomorrow, he develops that, and then all of a sudden the West says, now we are reverting to the uh, uh, renewable sources of energy. We are no longer using uh, your, your oil. Will they drink that oil? So that's why in Africa we have got very constructive discourse on potentially st stranded assets. You will have taken the loan from China, 
because China now has said they are going to give them the loan. You know China doesn't care whether you make noise or not. It is different if we put pressure, for instance, to the United States policymakers, at least they are going to abandon it. But now that is where we have the, the current, the, the, the current uh, situation where we find this uh, bipolar kind of uh, polar kind of countries pulling each other. But the point I was trying to tell you is that uh, now that we have um, this uh, the, 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 the discourse on potentially stranded asset, that pipeline with all the investment risk being an, an, an a stranded asset. No one will buy their oil, for instance, mm. if now the world move rapidly to, the, to, to, to renewables, which is a possibility. We, are, we have uh, the vast resources being exploited. Now we have uh, new cars uh, in some countries, uh, even here in the U.S., you can see the technological advancement in, uh, in, uh, in electric cars. And very soon, perhaps, we are going to abandon, and it is that, that there is that possibility that suppose the U.S. abandons the, 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 the fossil fuel uh, internal combustion engine mm -hmm. cars, well, uh, what, what will be the use of the oil? On, of oil? So these are the, the, we have a discussion. So it is not about really, we need to show our, our leaders that uh, the choices, the economic choices you are taking today may even be injurious even to your own country and to your own self. So the best thing, let us, in, we have vast renewable energy resources. We have vast uh, transition minerals in those countries. Why can't we concentrate on them if we want to create jobs? Because they are claiming that they want to construct this uh, pipeline so that they can create jobs and improve their economies. How is it going to improve their economies? Look at a country like Nigeria. It has all the oil. It has all the oil. In fact, it is the biggest oil producer in Africa. But uh, where, how does that oil uh, help uh, in uh, Nigerians? Mm -hmm. I have been to Nigeria where, the, in fact, the blackout, the level of blackout, mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, power blackout is as even worse than my own country, which does not have oil. So these myths that um, we want to develop uh, the, 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 the pipeline so that we can, we, can, we can improve the economy, I think it has been proved wrong. It, at the end of the day, it may not, in fact, it may bring more problem to Uganda than it has now. Wow. I just have three more questions. Um, one deals with uh, the Commerce of the Parties, COP. Um, obviously, COP this year is in Dubai. What is the utility for COP in your, in your eyes? Is there, it obviously, right now, there's a lot going on in the world. But right, what, where do you stand on how effective COP is for, our, for what we need it to be? Um, the COP. I know the, where you are going. I know the, where you are driving your question. <laughs> Whether the cops are relevant or they have lost meaning. I believe that um, as a, a, an African, the cops will remain uh, very important mm. because these multilateral processes, like the UN, UFCCC, mm. and those others, despite their shortcomings, are the only uh, 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 species where we, we, we have, you know, leverage mm -hmm. as developing countries really to sit 
one-on-one uh, -on -one with the rich countries and then have that democratic discourse and agree that this is the way to go. If we abandon that, what power will I have as a Kenyan, as Kenyan government, as African governments, really to negotiate with a country like the US? The power relation itself, you know? So this is going to take yeah. to, to, to advantage. Mm. Uh, so where we have advantage, it is at multilateral processes like UNFCCC. So for us, we believe that that is where, when we go and sit, we challenge them, we challenge each other. At the end of the day, we come up with these international processes and the policies like the Paris Agreement, like the, the, the UNFCCC, like um, those others. Then some people seem frustrated, but at the end of the day, there is no way a bilateral discussion, engagement between a powerful country and a poor country will benefit a poor country. When we go into a block like Africa, you know, when we, when we lack, if, if we do not have now the UNFCCC mm -hmm. process, just assume, so that how are we going to organize? Because at the African level, we normally go as Africa to mm. negotiate. That's where we have at least some strength in a, in, a, in a block of countries. And that's how countries amalgate themselves. We have made progress in terms of uh, multilateralism. Let us not be cheated that uh, that's a waste of time. We believe in it. We can only fix it. We, cannot, we can only correct where we are failing. We know the, the world is polarized right now, uh, especially between the, the, the emerging BRICS, mm -hmm. the Russia and, uh, and, and, and the United States, and all these things are going to appear. Let us look at the, uh, at the, the, the founding principles of the UN. If we can reform, I believe that is the best framework. That is the most democratic uh, framework. I know so many decisions and uh, remain just aspirations. They remain lofty, but at the end of the day, let us assume that the UN will not be there. That is when you are going to understand what I'm talking about. Mm. Uh, last two questions. Um, what does your vision of the future look like? There? What is your vision? Of the future, uh, the vision of the future. We, are, we remain very optimistic. Yeah. We remain uh, uh, to fight. This world, you know, is is very hostile to the weak, mm -hmm. and it is only through the collaborations between the north and south. We want to promote that collaboration. The, uh, the, 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 the goal 17 of the UN actually helps us all that spirit that you cannot be able to defeat the challenges we have in the world uh, uh, individually, as an individual or as a country. We have to work together. As an organization, as the people, I'm, I get encouraged when I visit, uh, uh, I, I come and interact with the people like the way HBCU and those are that it gives us encouragement that humanity has to really come together. We have to work together. We want it or not. These challenges can, we cannot afford really to work in isolation. Mm. 
Last question. When you're doing your fun thing, when you want to have some fun, back home, uh-huh. uh, what music, what food, what, what, do you, what do you do for fun? Ah, actually, I'm a, uh, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm a, a serious uh, musical enthusiast. Okay. Um, right now, I was, um, I, I was um, uh, uh, visiting the, the Congo Park. Uh, the, the, where, where, where the, where the jazz, yeah, jazz okay, was, yeah. uh, was birthed here in New Orleans. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, uh, so I'm a lover of, uh, of uh, African music. Wow. I'm a lover of traditional music. I'm a lover of hip-hop and so forth. So, okay. so uh, I'm, I'm very grateful that um, uh, I can see hip-hop, uh, the, the spirit of yeah, hip-hop, yeah. uh, even in this show. Who's your, your favorite hip-hop artist? Um, I I know uh, it could be anyone, any anybody. Uh, Bob Marley. That's that's actually a good. That's actually a good artist. Yeah, yeah. I would actually put Barbary hip hop. I would, I would hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. That's that's nice. We need that music. We have uh, under the Nairobi Summer School. We have uh, even some of the students who are uh, uh, who are who are, who are actually using music to convey. We need the to message. connect on that then. Yes, we need to connect, and um, yeah. I, I think I wish um, in the next um, 2025 um, uh, HBCU, I think we'll get, but if you'll be in the COP, we'll be with them. I think you can do a recording on them. Okay. But we can connect <laughs> with them, uh, we can connect uh, actually with them. It will be interesting. Man, Doc, thank you so much. Thank you. Man. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's Doc. Okay. Uh, with Ima Wanda, I was the director of the Pan-African Climate Justice Alliance, and I am Brave Yearwood, your host of The Cooler Show. Hopefully one day going to be doing some collaboration uh, with Doc in, in Kenya, something Bob Marley-like, Afrobeast-like. We're going to make it happen. All positive. Thank you. Thank you. We, not we made, we certainly will. We certainly will. We should. We should connect. We should uh, break dismantle these artificial barriers and come together as a people. Awesome. Music is very important, really, to uh, break the boredom. It is. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Like what you heard on this episode? Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Follow us at Think 100 Climate and at Hip Hop Caucus on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Visit thecoolestshow.com where you can take action for climate justice right now. You can also learn more about this podcast and donate to Think 100%, which is a non-profit project. Thank you for listening and all power to the people. It's the coolest show you know. It's the coolest show you know.